It's the Weird Faith Podcast. Oh, they're not done. <laughs> well done. That is, it's, it's better than the last one. The Are you done? Sure. It's out of your system? Yeah. Do one more high note just for the fans. I'm good. You're good. Yeah. Well, welcome to Weird Faith Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. We are excited for another episode. We are looking forward to spending the day with you all. Phil is in <clears> charge <throat> today, so he's going to take it off. And let's hear what you got. We have got a big reveal. Drum roll, please. We have got our very own Weird Faith t-shirts. Finally did These it. are going to be given away to Myself one. and Josh. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you won't see us have them. Not yet. Nope. But... We're going to give these away to one lucky contestant next week as they comment on this episode. We're going to every comment is an entry, only one per person, and uh, we're going to give away a shirt. We've got a bunch of different sizes and stuff, and you can rep that your faith is weird. It's not normal, and you are a peculiar person just like yes. the Bible tells us to be. So uh, these are awesome, awesome quality we should also smell good. The winner, we'll all say something really nice about the winner on the oh, next yeah. episode. Too. Oh, absolutely, we love to say. We something might have to make some already. of it up, but we'll we'll at least yeah. say something so nice. So make sure all of you weirdos drop some comments, even if it's something really quick. Like, man, Josh just really pops on camera, <laughs> or something like that. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, you just yeah. something like that. That intro right there was incredible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to have those. I'm excited to see you out there in the wild, wearing your. <laughs> Weird Faith <laughs> t-shirt, so make sure you comment on this episode, something that you liked or just something that, uh, you know. More than an emoji, though. Don't yeah. give us just one of those, like, thumbs yeah, up. Those are lame. Give us a couple Unless words. Unless it's, uh, what was it, Ricky Hit, who did the emojis that told the story. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that, that, like, yeah that was awesome. It was like a whole paragraph <laughs> spoken through emoji. Yeah. 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 Make sure you share, tell somebody about it. We've had a lot of comments about how people's faith uh, has been deepened through this time together, and that's our real purpose here. I know we get to have fun together, and we just get to have some entertainment too, but our hope is that you've learned some things about guilt or about rest or all these different subjects that we have covered. And today, we are going to talk about influence, and that's the title of the podcast today, Icons and Influence. So we're going to turn it over to these guys and we're going to talk about some icons in some different uh, different areas of society. Uh, the meaning of an icon is a person or thing that is widely uh, widely admired, especially for having great influence or significance in a, a particular sphere. So the first one, we're going to throw it to these guys. I don't care who goes first, but first one we're going to talk about a sport icon. That is personal to them, special to them, or just they think, you know, is the most iconic. Yeah, why don't you kick things off, Scott? So I had a hard time choosing two. Good. Yeah. Because two of them, they came into my life around the exact same time, and I feel like I've watched all their careers. So one is Albert Pujols. <laughs> Albert Pujols. Yeah. And the second one was Peyton Manning. Mm. Uh, Cardinal fan and Colts fan, they, you know, Albert came up in 99, Peyton came in 98, I believe. And just watching them develop their entire career, and my heartbreak all came at the same time, because Pujols went to the Angels, and Manning <clears throat> got cut and went to the Broncos all right. within a one month period. Wow! But both those guys are amazing because they're also great 
individuals. Was that at the same time? Yeah. I feel like Pujols going to the Angels felt like way longer. What was that, like yeah. 10 years? 2012. So 2000 I mean, it makes sense. 2011, they won the World Series. Because Peyton won. Too many, too many millions. Yeah, yeah right. In yeah. like, what, like 13 with the Broncos? What's that? I think Peyton, he won in 13, yeah. 13 or 14. Yeah, yeah. But that, so both those guys are just amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're great individuals. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're great role models for people. I just love them. They're, they're some of the greatest of their generation. I think Manning's better than Brady, other than the titles. I mean, I get that, but Manning's yeah. better. Other than winning take. more games. <laughs> other than being not as good of a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure. Manning was up there. He d- his career didn't last as long. A lot of injuries and stuff. Well, those right? injuries, yeah. And, and he didn't uh, have Adam Vinatieri to win him three other Super Bowls. Right. I and like that he's in that conversation. Like, oh yeah, like he should always be in the top five. He's the smartest like, quarterback I've ever seen. He was incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I I wanted to go with you know the Homer picks, the fan favorites. I, I almost went with Freddie Freeman just because of how great a teammate he's a great he dodger. is too. Like he's just <laughs> he's all time. Oh, I felt that. Uh, Josh is a Braves fan. Yeah, Freddie Freeman probably still would say is just my favorite baseball player, at least of the last. I thought you would say two. Chipper. No, I, I would put Freddie over Chipper. So Chipper I almost put Chipper Jones, and they're just a mess with you. Yeah, it, and I love the, the current guys. <laughs> Chipper had a good agent. But, man, Freddie, just the energy he brings. Like he's he's such a good team leader in the clubhouse. All smiles. Was known for the hugging. Anyway, I went beyond my home teams, like Scott didn't have the courage to do, and uh, I'm just gonna talk about Shohei Otani uh, because I wanted to stick with baseball because it's my favorite sport. And what Shohei Otani is doing for baseball has really never been seen before. And people draw the comparisons of Babe Ruth. Like, okay, it has been done before, you know, 100 years ago or whatever. So it's he's, for really those that aren't into sports, he's a pitcher and very good at batting, which is something. And good it's, outfield. Okay. He can do anything. Yeah, and, he's and he's in, like, the 99th percentile of speed. Uh, so Shohei Otani, yeah, the ultimate baseball player right now. Um, most of the time going into the pros, you're either going to be a really good pitcher or you're going to hit and play the field in some position. Albert Pools was um, drafted as a shortstop in the 13th round. I mean, really? First baseman is what he ended up with. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens to a lot of guys, too. Bryce they, Harper was a catcher. They'll be played shortstop because they're super athletic. Shortstop requires a lot of athleticism. And then it's like, man, like he's not really built to be you know a shortstop. You know what Shohei Otani has in common with Freddie Freeman? He will probably also be a Dodger next year. <laughs> Maybe. The, and also they look to be leading there. But, yeah, Shohei Otani, uh, they showed the stats from last year. I mean, he's just impossible to contend with for MVPs almost, other than Aaron Judge hitting 60-plus home runs. But uh, Otani is basically one of the elite of the elite as a starting pitcher. Um, you know, sub-3 ERA last year, over 200 strikeouts, while also hitting 40 home runs. That's crazy. And that's, like, totally unheard of. Well, they, um, they tell you at young age, it's like, oh, well, you're a this, you're a that. Yeah. And then you specialize in that thing. And then if you're lucky, you make it. And yeah. so by that time, you have some of these pitchers at 11 years old never hit again. Never hit, almost, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's – There's kids in high school who they, their coaches don't let them hit. Because right. they're like, your arm is too valuable. You need to just focus on your pitching. But when Otani came over and the Angels signed him, all everybody talked about was he's a two-way prospect, but there's no way it's going to work out. He's going to have to pick one or the other. And his first couple years in the league were rough, but um, he stuck with it. And he is one of the most dominant hitters and one of the most dominant elite ace pitchers out there too. 
but also he's just an awesome guy. People he's talk awesome. about how great he is of a teammate. And World Baseball Classic this year. He goes to play for Japan and wins them the Classic. Yeah. Striking out Mike Trout at the very end in dramatic that was fashion. Amazing. It was incredible. He's, I think he's the face of baseball right now. And just an icon of the sport. The last yeah. three faces of baseball all played for the Angels. Wow. From Pujols Imagine. to Trout to Otani. Yeah. And it's crazy that Trout's already out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't last long. We're going to talk about that here in a little while. But uh, – so we won't. Those of you that aren't sports fans, don't turn it off. And uh, they got into the weeds there but with do baseball. I know Brian Sanders watches. He loves baseball, so he probably really loved that. Uh, but how about this? Fashion icons. Ooh, I picked you guys. Uh, you want me to start? This yeah, one? let's let's. All right. Ahead. So I'll be brief on this one. I picked Adam Sandler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because like I was like, fashion icon. Like nobody really is gonna pop into my head. There's styles that I like. I love that Adam Sandler does not care at all. You see a picture of Adam Sandler. He's either wearing like a striped T-shirt or a collared shirt with long basketball gym shorts and Jordans. And it's not like that's my style, but his mentality that it doesn't matter. And I'm just going to wear what's comfortable. I'm going to wear what makes me happy. I love the Adam Sandler style. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you haven't noticed, I'm pretty simplistic when it comes to stuff like I, I pretty much model off the Marshall's mannequin at mm. Marshall's store. Like I just, I want some. Scott just call himself a model. I, I did. So. I did. On the podcast, you are tall. I did. Okay. I am tall. Uh, that's the only reason I didn't get in. You could be a builder. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the only reason I didn't get that's, into modeling. That's the only reason why yeah. you had oh, yeah, a future yeah, yeah, yeah. until Scott could be a building model. <laughs> <laughs> How would this tower look in your neighborhood? Architectural. Uh, but uh, uh, when Phil threw out the idea earlier, he threw it at me. Jokingly, but I'm gonna throw it out there because I looked it up. <laughs> this man, his name's Mark Pagen. In 1989, he introduced the greatest shoe ever invented, the Chaco. Uh, he is the inventor of the Chaco. He was a fly fisherman and an avid hiker, and he got annoyed that every time he got his feet wet, he had to take out, take off his shoes, change his socks because his feet would get all wrinkly at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So he invented a shoe that would be all purpose, all weather, and his feet would never wrinkle. So he invented the chocolate. the sandal in 1987. Perfected, <laughs> perfected the sandal. What year was it? I was about to say, 1989. Like, sandals have been close. around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jesus wore them too, didn't he? This guy invented a shoe that you don't have to wear socks. When were socks made? Uh, why is it called Chaco? Uh, it's the Ch- Chaco National ah, okay. Park. Park. National Park. Yeah, it's based off that. All right. They used to be called Gecko. Because the the logo is a gecko. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Chaco endorse Scott. His uh, name on PlayStation or Xbox. Xbox is also what Chaco Taco. Chaco Taco. Chaco Taco. Yeah. All right, music. The official shoe of Camp Catlin. There you go. Yes. Music icons. All right. We talked a little bit about music in here, but an icon is different. <clears throat> I I mean I'm going for the one that changed the the landscape of music okay. for generations. I'm gonna test your all's knowledge. Are you familiar with the Quarrymen? Quarrymen? The Quarrymen. No. Mm. They gathered together in 1957 with a musician named Paul McCartney, oh. who was later introduced to a man named John Lennon in the city of Liverpool. One was 16, one was 15. And a few years later, they rebranded after a few of the musicians decided to leave and became known as the, the Beatles. Beatles. Wow. And then in came Ringo to be the drummer, of course, George Harrison. I don't think you can argue another band that was more iconic in, as far as what how it changed culture. I mean, it's let's let the lasting impact on culture. But also, people don't realize how short of a time span they were actually together. Mm. 
the Beatles were not together that long. Was it like 10 years or something? <laughs> Maybe. I have to look it up later, but they wrote a lot of music yeah. in that short <laughs> amount of time that people are still covering today. Right. I did hear a fun fact in looking this up earlier. The song Hey Jude, which is one of the most iconic mm. Beatles songs ever. Yes. Mm. If you ever, if you go back and listen to it, Ringo, the drummer, is not playing for the first half of the song. Mm. And there's a vi- or interview with Paul McCartney. He said, it's because he was in the bathroom pooping. <laughs> <laughs> they said he was out of the studio, but they didn't realize it. And so they're just playing it, not realizing mm. that Ringo wasn't there. And all of a sudden, they, they see Ringo kind of like sneak back <laughs> in the back jumps in and right on beat just jumps right into the song <laughs> that's so awesome. you ever whenever you sing hey jude and you don't hear ringo playing that's because he that's, was having a bowel movement what's hey. going on that's pretty weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> i almost went with the beatles i thought i'd shake things up and go a different route uh so you guys are gonna be like dude you're not like a fan of this band like whatever uh frankie valley and the four seasons that's what you were whistling earlier yes it was i was sherry. whistling sherry yeah yeah so uh sherry, i was <laughs> do that again no uh frankie valley is still alive (laughs) (laughs) who am i thinking of uh who do you say buddy holly maybe that's it yeah i think what'd you say i asked he he died in the plane crash uh leonard skinner it wasn't him it was that era i almost said something never mind all right so (laughs) frankie valley in the four seasons uh big influence on italian culture mm. uh the roots are in jersey uh, i found some cool facts though a big contributor to their success is joe pesci huh. uh, did you guys know that joe pesci actually dropped an album you can find it on no. Spotify. That sounds so awesome. when joe pesci was like a young teenager it's called little joe sure can sing that sounds oh, about awesome. right yeah and it's just uh, uh covers over songs uh, but he actually in- introduced the original three of the group. I think they were called like the Lovers or the Three Lovers or something mm. at that point. He introduced them to Bob Gaudio, who is the guy who really helped them to take off. He was like a pianist, singer, songwriter. Are you looking up that album? I was just looking at who they were. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I know some of their songs, but I yeah. So so Bob Gaudio was like the pianist, like genius musician, songwriter. That once they got with him, they started to really kick things off in 1962. That's when the song Sherry dropped. And that was their first, like, really big number one thing. Uh, so shout out to my friend Kyle Jenkins. We were introduced to this group because of the movie that came out within the last 10 years, Jersey Boys. Yeah, Broadway okay, yeah. musical. So too, the, right? the yeah. musical, that's what I was about to say, too. That's It influenced this Broadway show that still tours all over now. Uh, it, it's a huge show. But uh, the movie came out within the last 10 years at some point while Kyle and I were working at a movie theater in LaGrange. And we we just watched that movie and like, I think we watched it like three or four times. We thought <laughs> it was so cool, either, yeah. really loved the sound of the music. So we started like driving around. That's all we had on the aux cord while we were driving to Waffle House. For we started listening to all these Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons songs. Um, so yeah, things picked up in 1962 for them when they released Sherry. Uh, but just wanted to um, kind of share some of what they influenced. They are big influencers of artists like Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his songs, uh, Downtown Girl, or mm-hmm. Uptown Girl. Up- yeah. right? Uptown Girl. Girl. Uh, it's actually based off of their song, uh, I think it's Ragdoll, Ragtown Doll or something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, it was like supposed to be kind of a spinoff of that song. Or something like that. Anyway, Billy Joel was very inspired by them. Frankie is 89 years old today and still performing. Wow. So Frankie Valley, we appreciate Glad you guys. Glad to hear he's My eyes adore you. The 
Let's come back. The Beatles were together seven years, seven months, and 24 days, according to Google. That's in seven years, man. Yeah. Wow. We've been together longer than that. I know. (laughs) We've done anything. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, the Weird Faith Podcast. That's it. The (laughs) Weird Faith Podcast could be timeless. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, so next, uh, one day one day we'll meet our fourth member of the Beatles and yeah. we'll, we'll take off two and change right, the yeah. world. Yeah. We'll find them it one day. It could be you. Mm. It could be you. Movie icon. Who's next? Is it you? Uh, I think I'm up. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Robin Williams. Hey, right. that's a good one. Made his name in comedy, but starred in some of the greatest movies of all time. Dead Poet Society, Goodwill Hunting, Good Morning Vietnam, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Aladdin, right? Uh, Robin Jumanji. Williams. Yeah, Jumanji. Uh, I... So I was looking up Robin Williams, and I was like, you know, I'm going to make it a point. All of the movies that he's been in that I've not watched, I'm going to go watch. Mm. Because, like, I've never seen a movie with Robin Williams that was bad. Yeah. I mean, he's he's awesome. Um, also, you know, reminded us his death, what was that, like 2014, 2015? Right. I don't know, sometime in the last 10 years just was so jarring. Mm-hmm. But it just reminded us, like, even the cheeriest of people, right? They mm-hmm. battle with their darkness and their struggles. Patch Adams. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's that? Isn't that his movie, movie where he's, he's the doctor that had the red oh, nose I guess on? That's and one of the ones go I've got to go watch. Yeah, you, should, you would like it. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a weird time to make a joke. <laughs> no, 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 but that's what he <laughs> did. sad time. He, I'm like, Patch Adams. He was a cheery yeah, person cheery. in the movie that would help heal people. He lost his battle. Patch Adams. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just an, an awesome influencer and uh, even his death. You know, influence people, change the way that they thought about mental health and the stigma there. Um, but man, Robin Williams movies are amazing. So uh, had to uh, go with that's him. a good one. I yeah. like it. Yeah, uh, I had a I had to think about it again because I had a couple different avenues to go. But because we opened up today's episode the way we did, I have to go with a man you probably have never seen, but you have definitely heard his masterful work, mm. Hans Zimmer. You'll know who Hans Zimmer is. Okay, I've heard yeah. that name. He is a movie composer uh, who's written some of the best soundtracks in history, including Lion King. Right. Uh, he composed that movie. He's always worked with Christopher Nolan, so Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy, Interstellar, which is one of the greatest musical uh, scores ever. Phil heard Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? That was in uh, the space episode, remember? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Phil yeah, yeah. had to listen oh, yeah. to it on full <laughs> Forgot blast. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, but he's done like he did like some of the DC movies recently, like with like Wonder Woman. He did the Justice League, Dune. Like he, he's done a, a lot of movies. He has seven Golden Globes, seven Oscars, and seven Grammys. Wow! wow. Yeah, it's incredible his work of uh, his body of work. Yeah, he. Yeah, absolutely. There's Howard Shore is the guy that did like Lord of the Rings. He's like second to him, mm-hmm. but he he's amazing. What about mm-hmm. Pauly Shore? Nah, not that good. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last time you heard his name? Whenever that, whenever that movie came out back in the <laughs> was it Encino Man or yeah. right yeah yeah uh, runner up too for movies Paul Giamatti <laughs> <laughs> underrated go watch the uh, John Adams documentary uh, yeah we we got really into talking about Paul Giamatti not long ago and brought him up to some stranger on Call of Duty and this guy just turned out to be the biggest Paul Giamatti <laughs> fan there is so, dude that's my Jeez. voice you ever seen he just started listening to all these deep tracks. Yeah. Movies liar, that nobody no, big ever fat seen. Liar. Big That's fat liar. That the I think of the most because yeah. of the cover <laughs> of him being blue. Painted in blue. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, Paul Giamatti. Absolutely <laughs> terrible in the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the so rhino. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. No. Not good. Uh, so how about leadership icons? This one is really a 
broad. You could pretty much fit anybody you want in there. But yeah, that, that this one was also difficult because I feel like no matter which lane you would want to take, but only because I watched uh, for a seminary recently. I had to watch a documentary, which I highly recommend. Uh, but Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. uh, the documentary I, I highly recommend is on HBO Max or what's it called? Just Max now. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, uh, called King in the Wild. So good. Talks more about his entire entire life, but the way he approached uh, the civil rights movement and yeah, the, the nonviolence, the right. uh, even how he was speaking not not just on behalf of uh, of African Americans, but he's also speaking out on behalf of the marginalized. Yeah, uh, just learning more about him the last few weeks for, for right. seminary, some of the books I've been having to read. <coughs> just an amazing, amazing human being that uh, absolutely was incredible and yeah. left a lasting impact. Yep, big time. So I was gonna do MLK. But uh, I actually had three on here just in case. Who's that your happened. second? Uh, well, I man, I I thought about going the like fictional character route and talking about like Dumbledore's leadership or, <laughs> or Woody or somebody like that. So I threw MLK on here, but then I also was like, you know, maybe talk about an influential coach. So I put Herb Brooks on here. Ooh. Um, so I had never seen the movie Miracle either mm. until like two years ago. Really? And I was just like, dude, this is. How have I not seen this before? It's good, it's a good movie. So inspirational, but um, yeah, I, I watched or I I read an article just about how he would see the the potential and the best in people and push them to be the best version of themselves. But how he was always a learner as well. And I think that's so important for leaders to never feel like I've made it, I've arrived, I don't have anything that I can learn from. You know, right. if if you're constantly defensive when people are offering criticism and things like that. You probably have a lot left to learn, uh, but he was an avid learner. Um, but he pushed people to be the best that they could be. I mean, that's one of the greatest stories in sports history. You know, the greatest upset. Seriously, I mean that that group of college kids going out and taking out the wasn't Soviets. that a part of it? Like he didn't want any uh, professionals on it. I don't think they were allowed to. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I thought it there had was something to, to do with like maybe the, not. Had t- maybe not taken the best people. He, he definitely took certain people. To f- he would. It he was, was about trying fit. to fit. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of like model. the whole like Moneyball right. thing. Yeah. Like okay, we don't need you know five superstars here. We need the people who can work well together, and that takes leadership to make yeah. those hard decisions and say, because you're also going to take a lot of heat yeah. there too, and say to say, hey, I'm going to stick to my guns. I know what I'm doing here. I'm going to catch some heat on this, but. I'm gonna stay true to my philosophy. Well, I think in the movie, I think the scene is he's selecting his players, and they're all annoyed that the players he's putting together are a bunch of college kids. Mm. He says we took the NHL all NHL All Stars to play against the Russians, and they destroyed us. And then Herb Brooks looks back and says, "So it wasn't because you weren't good enough." Mm. And it was basically he was showing that there's a flaw in the whole system that yeah. it wasn't yeah. just right. Uh, yeah. Talent. So awesome leadership there in uh, Who's really third? in a lot of coaches. Was that your third? Uh, well, I I had those fictional ones. I had MLK, and oh, then I threw Herb Brooks on for a sports take. Goodwill so Hunting. Let me go that way. <laughs> Did you say that one yet? Yeah, I said that movie uh, with Robert Williams. Uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah. There you go. Hey. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so we're talking about influence, and we've named some iconic people, people that in our mind will stand the test of time. Uh, John Maxwell famously said that leadership is influence, and we all have influence in other people's lives. So that makes us all leaders in some way, whether we're leading in a good direction or we're leading in a bad direction or a complacent direction, we are a leader. And influence just means having the capacity to have an effect on people. Mm. 
So just the people that we are around, we have that influence, and that influence has a lasting impact. Now, uh, for those of us that are a little bit older, and probably even still you, uh, it's a little bit new to think about uh, this job title that people are claiming now as I am an influencer, yeah, right? right. Kind uh, of annoying. Yeah, right. And it is. That shows that we're getting old. Well, it's uh, most kids. Get off my lawn and don't yeah, be an influencer. Exactly. It, the kids that we have influence over around here, like I hear it from kids all the time. Like, right. what do you want to do when you're older? I want to be an influencer. Like, <laughs> I want to be a YouTuber. I want to right, be. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, and that simply means just someone that is uses social media to share content, interact with people, and to sell products, which that is an under, uh, you know, underrated reason that people don't think about all the time is they're trying to sell you something. That's how they're getting paid. Uh, but And it can be very lucrative for a certain demographic of people that actually make it. But one in four children, it says now, uh, and teens answer influencer or YouTuber when asked what they want to be when they grow up. So it's not astronaut or, uh, you know, cowboy. What did you want to be? I had no aspiration whatsoever <laughs> to be anything. Like, I do not remember at all uh, any All I remember life. is an extreme amount of anxiety after taking a test in eighth grade. Mm. Oh, I, man, me too. You know what I'm talking about yes. where it says what your career options yeah, would be? I didn't take one like I that. I was either going to be a nurse or I was going to be an interior decorator. Wow. It was never anything that I had any desire. I think I got, like, airplane mechanic. Oh. And I was like, oh, i got to go do this thing now. Yeah, <laughs> you felt obligated. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I watched way more HGTV and Grey's Anatomy after that. Yeah. So, you know what? Now that I do think of it, I wanted to play professional basketball. <laughs> but I think early on, I figured out that that wasn't going to happen. Once you realize the, the backboards were higher than his play yeah, school right, one yeah, that he had. Yeah. You don't have to give up on your dreams. Yeah. You can do it. No, that, I literally remember when I was, like, 12, 13, like having dreams about being able to dunk. And, I, and to be honest, I'm pretty resentful when I see someone like you and know that you have those those skills that I could never work for. It helps that I'm a foot taller. explains the, the abuse. Yeah, the there's a lot place. of resentment there that you – have you ever dunked a basketball? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, wow. that's bad. Most people your height are just nah, – like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, not everybody likes to rub I can't, it in. <laughs> right. I can't palm a basketball. That was my sure. problem. Yeah, Soccer ball is really yeah, good. That, yeah, that, that takes you know, a bigger set of uh, hands. But – yeah, what, they're about the same size. Yeah. They really are. That's weird. <laughs> I wasn't expecting You got man that. hands. Yeah. Hey, all right. Wait, let me see Get if we can. They're fairly close for his, for his height. Yours might be bigger. Yeah, maybe. You could always model bigger. women's boobs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but one in four children today are saying they want to be an influencer, and 58% of ages between 13 and 38. Think about that. That's I'm 38. Uh, so 58% said that they would be a YouTube influencer <clears throat> if they had the chance. That's the only reason why I agreed to do this podcast and go to Clarksburg. Right. We're just trying to, <laughs> just trying to make it. Uh, we're doing our best here. Will of God, influencer, yeah. which one is it? It feels good, though, when people give us attention and they want to follow us. And it, it can have an addictive uh, effect on our lives. And some people have chased that their whole lives only to be disappointed. Uh, they just want to be known and to have fame or to have some type of influence over people. Now, there's one person in all of history that influenced the world more than any other, and it isn't even close. Denzel Washington. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm going to go Mommy. 
Jesus. Hey, yeah, there's there a good answer. Robin Williams, second. <laughs> second, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I read a book. I meant to bring it in here, but I forgot. It's called Jesus Skeptic, and it's uh, kind of similar to the background of The Case for Christ, a, you know, a book I think that came out. Lee Strobel. Probably the 70s or 80s, right? Oh, no, it was in the late 90s. Late 90s, okay. Mm. Uh, but this man uh, that wrote Jesus, I think it's John S. Dickerson, uh, wrote Jesus Skeptic, and it's he started as an atheistic uh, journalist on a quest to figure out why Jesus was still being talked about so much and to figure out who this Jesus person was. Uh, so think about Jesus for a moment, though. He's a poor son of a carpenter born 2,000 years ago. At the end of his life, he only had about 500 followers. How are we still talking about this guy 2,023 years later? Uh, this is what A.B. Simpson said about the life of Jesus. His life was a life of humiliation, suffering, rejection, from the manger to the tomb. His birth was under a shadow of shame. The virgin birth, you know, it's, that's an easy thing to scoff at when, right. you know, if someone were to claim that in our lives today, we would think they were crazy. Uh, he was rejected from the start. His, <clears throat> his childhood was overshadowed by sorrow. He was greeted on this earth uh, with the hate of Herod trying to kill all these uh, babies. His early childhood was lived in exile as an immigrant away from his own uh, home area that he would have known. His early manhood was spent in hard work and poverty as a carpenter's son. And uh, Jesus told us in his word that he had nowhere to lay his head and that he was despised and rejected of men. He was even buried in a borrowed tomb. Uh, and this is what Jesus was born into. How do we still even know who this guy is? And if I was trying to become an influencer, this was not the way that I would choose to start out my life. Uh, normally, even an uber-famous person, uh, influence only lasts about 50 to 100 years. Yeah. Like if you were to go back and read a list of names of famous people from 100 years ago, I, in this book, Jesus Skeptic, he has a uh, hundred years ago. These are top twenty famous people, and there was like four of them that I had ever heard of before. Wow. And uh, and we think about that; it's such a true thing that people come and people go, and they are forgotten. Uh, you can ask people under the age of thirty-five uh, who Robert Redford is. It was the most famous actor for a long stretch of time. His career lasts, and he's still alive today and still acts every once in a while, but he was the, like, George Clooney or mm. I don't know who you would even say that? today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tom Holland, I don't know. You know <laughs> he is this person of that age uh, that just was in the most, um, you know, famous movies and awards, everything you could think of, and I know my son would absolutely not have any idea who he was, and probably people a lot younger than us wouldn't have any idea. You grew up yeah, watching he, westerns phil, phil quizzed me earlier he's like name a robert redford movie i think i listed off like seven or eight yeah i couldn't do it i, I was I pretty impressed i was down the hall and i was like whoo that is scott and not me yeah <laughs> i recognized the name but i was sure. like right oh, that's man, how it is i really for me. don't know i remember also, he was in marvel one of the yeah, marvel movies that's recently. also the funny <laughs> thing is that how many times we see people in movies that we grew up watching them in other things and then like next generation sees them in other things and that's what they know them for right. yeah right like you see like my entire life, Tom Hanks has been around acting. Mm -hmm. And, like, what he's known for now compared to what he'll always be Forrest Gump for me. Yeah, right. Like, think about what he's known for it's today. It's funny that you said that because I was reading uh, about 
uh, when Kanye West sampled Paul McCartney on one of his songs, uh, that Twitter, you, there would commonly be, you know, comments of like, I don't know who this Paul McCartney guy is, but Kanye just made him famous. Oh, dude. oh my gosh. <laughs> no, there was a, uh, also Post Malone did a song with Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. the same yeah, thing yeah, where yeah, people yeah. were like, this Aussie guy just got to Man, do a song with crazy. Post Malone. So underrated. Like, what? Shout out to Marilyn McClure, my mom. I'll never forget this. I am watching one of the greatest superhero movies ever made, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I'm watching. I'm just loving it. And my mom goes, wasn't that Theodore from Little Women? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? <laughs> Christian Bale was in Little Women oh, back in 1994. Wow. And she recognized him. You know, twenty some years later, we just and watched basically that. almost ruined. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, watching dude. him beat up a Joker. Don't talk about Little Women right now, Mom. <laughs> we watched Newsies. Have you seen that? Uh-uh. That's Christian Bale's the main character in okay. Newsies. This Is kid really? running around. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we just watched it the other day. Uh, I had never seen it, but uh, we think of all these people that are just so big, and it's like, man, their influence is going to last forever. I could never attain to that. But even them, their influence will wane and. You know, sadly, people will forget who these people are. Yeah. Uh, even people that are special to us, like like our family, uh, we can begin to forget about them when you get too far back. Most of us could not name a single great great grandparent, uh, which that's not even really that far back no, that we're thinking about. Right? Yeah. Many people can't name more than one great grandparent. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Uh, I would have had to, you know, call my parents or something like that and ask them. Uh, you know, who was Mumum's mom, you know, or something. And uh, uh, there's a statistic out there, and this kind of blew my mind, that one in three can't name all four of their grandparents. Just their grandparents. Just their grandparents. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, you know, and I know there's a lot of family situations, and sometimes there's uh, weird things where you might be estranged from that person. But even then, I think in civilization's history, you probably would have known and heard these stories about, these people and to think that uh, it wasn't that long ago a few hundred years the uh, life expectancy for people was only 41 years old mm-hmm. and now they're it's 80 something and we still don't know who these people are and we've spent a good chunk of our lives with them um, and our influence matters and it's important in the now but it does come and go and sure. even these people that should be uh, you know so important to us, we will be forgotten. Were you going to say something? No. Uh, yeah, I remember I asked him just a little while ago, uh, and he got his dad on the phone. Yes, yeah, so my dad, <laughs> my dad, uh, who's an avid listener of Weird Faith. Hey, uh, shout, shout out. out to Rich McClure, too. Doug shout McClure. Out. Doug McClure. <laughs> uh, my, but my dad's huge into geo- genealogy, and he's got us back to the 1600s now. So he was able That's to cool. list off five great-grandparents, I think, for That's me. Great. Five, you know, awesome. five great 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 uh, but he's got he's oh, working so on a five generations back. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he's got and he listed. Uh, so I asked him. I said, "Hey, I don't think I have met any of them. Can you text me all their names?" Mm. And I, I should have known one because my middle name is Everett. Mm. Something you didn't know about me. Uh, that's a family name from my mom's side. It's been passed down from great grandparents to your middle grand- name is what? Everett. Brett. Everett. Short. Everett. It's that's your name? middle name. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Make him say it, man. Everett. How do you spell that? Everett. <laughs> what is it again? Yeah. What does it but, mean? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he knows. What? It means wild, wild boar. My entire name means I am a... Spot My entire name means I'm a Scottish wild boar who's a son of a leper. Man, they, they nailed that. Right? Thank Thanks, it. Mom and Dad. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But yeah, yeah, he can go all the way. Yeah, back. he's gone. Yeah, he's right. gone back. He's uh, my dad in re- his retirement's basically putting all of his genealogy work together. That's cool. In a book, mm-hmm. uh, basically tells the story of my family and their uh, their lineage. That's awesome cool. because yeah. you you think about it, so many people can't do that, mm-hmm. um, and and it is an important thing to pass on. Even to though, like, even it's proven right there, it, it's on the internet. Right, it's like, not it's easy for us anymore. to do some of those stuff yeah, now. Right. Uh, so we think about Taylor Swift. Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, they all have around like 100 million followers on Instagram. Uh, so what does that even mean, though? Like this is this thing where you click on something and you're okay with seeing their pictures of their family or the food that they're eating or, uh, you know, that's what it means to be a follower on Instagram. Uh, and if they change their lives at all, it's only just a little bit. But one in three people today follows Jesus. In today, in today's world that we believe is so godless and we talk about all the time how uh, the world has turned its back on God, one in three people claim that Jesus is the son of God. And we just crossed the 8 billion threshold earlier this year. Yeah. So that's a lot of people. It's 2.6 billion people believe that Jesus is who he said is. That's 100 uh, you know, million subscribers that Taylor Swift or Beyonce or these people times 26 wow. is how you get to 2.6 billion people. <clears throat> and those people are not just seeing pictures of their concerts or watching them buy makeup online. Jesus followers are worshiping him as God, changing their lives to try and be like him and reading his words and applying them to their lives. That's an amazing thing. How did we get here from just 500 people uh, when Jesus ascended to heaven. Yeah. Now, how did Jesus' influence grow to this, uh, from this person that lived in a Middle Eastern city 2,023 years ago to 2.6 billion followers all over the world? And, and Jesus adds millions of followers every single year. It's not just, you know, it might not be the popular thing in America right now, but it, around the world, Jesus' followers are exploding in China and other parts of the world as well. Uh, we see that these uh, Jesus continues to add more followers. It's insane to think about. Uh, he only lived 33 years. We talked about the Beatles only being together for for seven years. He only lived. His ministry years. was only three years. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So of a short life. You know, only three of those yeah. years really doing the ministry. Absolutely. And, and that was 2,000 years ago. And we just couldn't name, you know, these people that just were back just a little while. Uh, and this wasn't also wasn't hundreds of years later that followers begin to swell and to begin to grow. Uh, by the end of 100 AD, uh, yeah, AD, yeah. But by the time 100 AD, there was 500,000 Jesus followers. So this wasn't superimposed, you know, hundreds of years later. People that knew Jesus were eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, of the miracles he did, the teachings he taught, and they wrote down all the stuff he did, and they spread it all around to all the different people that were following him, and they took the message, and it grew to 500,000 people by just the end of the first century. And that exponential growth then, being in a time where it would have cost so much to make a decision to become a Jesus follower, right. too. Like, Absolutely. Like, it, Really, we don't have to sacrifice a whole lot to say we're Christians. That's the, right. People will say, oh, I'm so persecuted for this, persecuted for this. It's really like if, 
if you're looking at what people dealt with then, like for those people in that time to say, like they would have to denounce their families, like, hey, I'm no longer going to be a part of this family. I'm going to bring shame to you because I need to flip my life or I'm going to, you know, push away everything else I believed about religion and worldview before and abandon everything to follow Jesus. And it's going to make people hate me. It's going to make people want to kill me. But I am so certain of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus that I'm going to be for it. So to see that exponential number then especially blows my mind. And and whose influence goes from, you know, here's his ministry in his life to his death to then explode. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, every once in a while you'll see a painter's painting become more valuable, but it's not like people are more obsessed with him now. It's yeah. just this thing becomes increasingly rare. But, you know, Taylor Swift and, and, and Beyonce, all these different types of people that are just so uh, famous and have influence, they're not going to end up with more followers. And Jesus has done that over and over hundreds and hundreds and millions and millions and millions of times over. Uh, and, you know, this this was uh, no – this is an instance where no hi- uh, historian or sociologist denies that this is a wondrous thing that has happened. Mm-hmm. And it makes z- zero sense and that Jesus has influenced every country in the entire world. And it just – I don't know how we get there apart from the explanation that Jesus was who he said he was. I don't, hopefully you don't have this in your notes, but I mean, they were even trying to figure this out in the first century. Yeah. Like they were growing at such rapid rates. Look at, look at the first five chapters of Acts. Right? They haven't even left Jerusalem yet. They're right. still sitting there waiting for the spirit to come. And all of a sudden their, their numbers start increasing by the thousands on every single day. And the big threat was the religious leaders, and one religious leader named Gamaliel, uh, who some people believe later actually became a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. Uh, but he also was the one who taught Paul. Yeah. But at one point they arrest the apostles, and this says this in Acts chapter 5. He says, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He was too killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from, if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Yep. Like, who knew the prophetic words that he had? Right. And like so, like so many believe... Uh, trying to look it up, the scriptural support for it, that he became a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. later in life. Like I said, he's the one that also influenced Paul. Uh, but to see how he said, if this is from God, it's not going to stop. Right. And how does it go 2,000 years without any hindrance? Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to just throw this out there because you're kind of talking about this a little bit second. And we sometimes think it's going to stop. Right. Oh, we're losing our influence. Right. Okay, this is the primary motivation here. Like, it, we're, It's not stopping because of us. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, – you know, it's, it's just continuing to grow uh, every single year. Now, have Christians always represented the character and attributes of Jesus? 100%. No, <laughs> no. And right now, uh, anybody that has their eyes open and, and, you know, doesn't live under a rock, you see those things that happen around us where yeah. people don't act like Christians. And it, this has happened historically, too, through the Crusades and the Inquisitions and slavery 
these things are mars on the christian character but in every instance as well there were also christians on the other side of those atrocities trying to fight for the innocent people that are getting hurt uh Every great movement for rights and freedom in the last 2,000 years has been motivated by those who were motivated by the words of Jesus Christ. Abolitionists uh, were overwhelmingly Jesus followers like Frederick Douglass and uh, other people that rallied together because they believed that men should be free. Uh, workers' rights, a lot of those things have been motivated historically by Christians. There's a reason that you don't work on Sundays. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, you should thank him that you have <laughs> off on every week on a Sunday. Uh, uh, people that uh, also have fought for women's rights and, mm. and people getting out of those types of slavery. The world was a tragic place before these movements and Christians motivated by Jesus Christ stepped up into these problems and fought for them. And that happened at the very beginning. Secular uh, writers would write about that, that they loved widows and orphans and poor people and babies that were getting thrown on trash heaps, that they would rescue those babies and they would go and minister to lepers knowing that they could get leprosy themselves. This is who Christians are. And don't take the snapshot of the world, this small moment that we're in where in our country right now, if you look at Facebook, you're gonna come away with Christians are jerks. And you're not going to be wrong about those people. You're not wrong. Right. But it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. And there are also people on the other side of that argument saying this isn't what Jesus would do. You're twisting that image to fulfill your own desires and you're superimposing your political beliefs or your hatreds and biases on Jesus and you are not living like Jesus would. And it's easy for us in this time and age that we're living in right now to kind of begin to get a little bit timid about uh, talking about Christ or uh, to feel like maybe we should be embarrassed. And if we look at history, that's absolutely not true. It's not even close. The modern idea for hospitals started as mission efforts in churches. Uh, the Most of history we talked about was the average lifespan was 41. And because of the aspect of uh, this movement of hospitals and doctors and nurses where they have come together, just look at even today, a lot of hospitals are Mercy Hospital or St. Joe's. Or, there's a reason. It's because Christians have been motivated to help people that were helpless and to provide care for people uh, that could not otherwise get care. Public schools, as we know it today, was an idea of Christian Quakers in America who wanted to teach people to read. Uh, every early university was started as a Christian edu uh, institution, Cambridge and Harvard and Yale. Only 10 to 15% of ancient people could even write a sentence in their, uh, you know, down. And, but the Bible motivated people here, wanted to teach people to read. And, that, and that's how we get uh, even Sunday schools back uh, in England and where they would start these things were motivated to teach people to read the Bible. Even here in the United States, after uh, slaves were uh, released, their Sunday schools were where they could learn how to read and they would uh, get to know how they could be a better, more educated person through the church. 
most of the early scientists were devout believers in Jesus Christ, like Isaac Newton. And if you could look back at history, the scientific revolution just uh, happened to coincide with the Protestant Reformation at the same time, where people were motivated by their personal relationship with God, and they were inspired to ask questions about his creation and to seek out answers. Uh, the world was a brutal place and a desperate place before the influence of Jesus. And to give uh, uh, to people that without ever getting anything in return and to love our enemies and to care for the widows and the orphans and the vulnerable and the sick, uh, Jesus in his life fed people and he healed the blind and he sat with the outcast and those that were seen as unclean. And this is the influence that Jesus has had in our world. And whether or not you're a believer in Jesus, whether or not you say that he was God or not, you cannot deny that he is the most influential person to ever walk this earth. Yeah, there's a there's a great historian named Tom Holland, not Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, his name's Tom Holland. And his primary focus was on, uh, I think it was on Roman history in there's an interview with him and N.T. Wright, who's a theologian and uh, amazing uh, writer. The two of them get an interview. And I'm not sure if Tom Holland believes, like, in the resurrection, but he belie- he obviously believes in Jesus from a historical perspective. And he yeah. says that you cannot deny the influence, is what you're t- yeah. saying. He talks about how, you know, the, when, even then, like, one of the reasons why the faith in the ministry grew so rapidly was who it was reaching. It was showing compassion to people that no one ever gave compassion to. It was thriving in the margins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, just to see, so I would encourage you, I'll find that. Maybe I'll share that too on our social media pages. Go listen to it. It's a great interview It's if you like history. But you can't deny that his influence is all over the place. And I've met, I met a lot of people. Even Gandhi even said that too. Yeah. I love your Jesus. I just don't like your Christians. Right. Yep. Right. And I, I yeah. meet a lot of people who are like, I just don't know if I like Christianity. I'm like, you know, I don't think you can look at Jesus and not like him. That's one of my favorite things I've, I've heard people talk about is are like you mentioned the historical documents of leaders in you know what a hundred years after Jesus two hundred years after Jesus who would say like we're legit baffled and confused as to why these people who say they follow Christ live the way that they do right like we basically we don't know what to do with these people you know <laughs> like like what do you do when you threaten somebody and punch them in the face and they turn around and they bake you cookies and they yeah. want to invite you into their home. That's the, the experience that they had with Christians. And it, 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 you know, it, it made them ask that question, like what, why, what influenced you to be this way? And it's the resurrection. Yeah. Like if Jesus is who he said he was, that changes everything. Yeah. Not about, well, just what I believe, but how that's going to inform my actions. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. But th- and that's, Today, we've talked a little bit about that, like how we can get discouraged because, you know, the government isn't doing what God wants. That's not how this thing started. Pilate rejected him. Herod rejected him. All that. It's the I could argue that things kind of started getting hairy when Rome became a Christian nation. Right. Oh, I'm just going to say this. If it was God's design for that to be the primary method, so I'm like, this is a deeper podcast than we'll ever want to get into today, but Christian nationalism, like, God desires his Christian nation, Rome would still be in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rome has been in crumbles for over a thousand years, right? right? Yeah. But I, 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 the problem is, is when you mix it, yes. yes. You, you, when you mix it, it becomes, it ceases to be Christian. 
Yeah. And the idea of Christian is to give over power and the things yeah. that you have to share and to care about people that can't bring anything to the table. Uh, and and it, it gets all twisted. What were you going to say? Uh, I was just going to say, like, this is so it's, – it's worth noting be, because of the society we live in today, this is – the model of Jesus is so – like, how do you have influence is so different than what we believe today. Like, yeah. we think today it's all about building my brand, having yeah. the followers, setting myself up to have a platform to be high – Jesus through his entire life, like I love that. Was it a uh, A.B. Simpson that that mm, quote just yeah. about like, dude? It was shame. It was Jesus lowering himself. It was constantly, it was constant humility, right? And that's like Jesus has more influence than anybody else in the world. And he would constantly, when he did the big things like the big miracles, he'd tell people, "Hey, don't talk about it. Mm, don't tell anybody yeah. about this thing." It wasn't, "Hey, let me see how fast I can get everybody's eyes on me." It was, let me see how I can serve people. Let me see how I can walk in humility. And that's so different than how we view influence today. Well, think about the icons that we talked about just a little while ago. It wasn't Jesus's possessions that was impressing people and what he wore and how he, you know, his style. It wasn't his athletic ability. He was particularly strong or a great warrior. It wasn't that he was an artist or a poet as far as, you know, painting or, or those things. You can definitely see beauty and artistry and creativity in his words uh it wasn't that he you know brought something to the table other than the amazing revolution that was putting other people before yourself and that he was god in the flesh and that he loved us and was doing something for us and that is the beauty of the gospel that cannot be denied and it's the thing that got us to where we are today. And ultimately, you know, obviously we have to mention the resurrection. You know, the resurrection, if, if Jesus rose himself from the dead, no matter what he said, even if it wasn't beautiful, I'm with that guy. Yeah. But it was, and it, and it changed people's lives for 2,023 years. Yeah. I was going to say two, two kind of two quick things. One going back to something you said earlier, I feel like we have to, we feel like we have to be defensive of all things Christianity. And we try to be the big generalized, big C. Like every month a new documentary comes out of something just damaging. I think if we stop focusing on all those big things and just start looking at the things that we can do, what we can control, you know, you and I can model Jesus. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. You know, we can't always expect everyone to do that. But we can speak for ourselves. We can speak for our local context. We can speak for our local church. Yeah. The second part alongside of that, and that's well, where I think this is. I just want to say, the, I think the ones who are doing it best will probably never know who they are. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, I was just reading about, I almost mentioned, in when we talk about iconic leaders, I almost mentioned Tim Keller, mm-hmm. who just passed. And I was I had read an article about him earlier, and they just were, he, he never bought into the, You've got to be a green room celebrity pastor yeah. lifted up on a pedestal above yeah. other people. He always was just, I'm going to serve in my context. I'm not trying to be famous. You know, he didn't write his first big book until he was 60 years old. Wow. That's crazy. Because it, like in the guy who um, he discipled that I was reading, I can't remember what his name was. He just said like, it really Tim Keller didn't want to write something until he felt like he had the wisdom to do it. Anyway, I totally cut in there, but no, you're good. I, there, there are people out there who are following Jesus well, leading well, 
have so much just super healthy influence over people around them will probably never know their names because yep. they're not trying to be famous. Yeah, and it, it's, which is a good segue because something I've been wrestling with the last few weeks, uh, something I've read in seminary and just kind of conversation we've been having in classes is when you think about the story of the prodigal son, right? So, you know, one of the most famous of all Jesus' parables. You know, a common thing to do is for us to identify not prodigal son, sorry, wrong parable. The Good Samaritan. Mm. We try to, you got me on, I, Tim Keller wrote Prodigal God, right? Yeah. Uh, sorry, Good Samaritan. We try to identify ourselves with people in those stories to make it make sense to us. Right. I think the problem today with most of, I'm gonna, now I'm going to do exactly what I just said we shouldn't do, the big generalized statement here. I think a lot of the problems that we deal with today as Christians is we try to identify with the wrong person. Yeah. I think a lot of times our motivation is I don't want to be those religious people walking on along the side of the road. That's the one motivation. I just don't want to be that person. Okay, so then the other motivation is, I think this is what I'm starting to see more and more of, but I'm the guy who's getting beat up by the society. I'm the guy who's getting beat up by the government, the media, the politics. I'm the victim over here on the, over on the ground. Mm. And we missed the entire point of the story was to be the person who showed mercy, to be the person right. who showed compassion. Mm. That's the goal. The motivation is if you want to do it silently, if you want to, do, if you want to change the world, be the person who shows compassion and mercy because that's exactly what Jesus did. Right. Um, I, I, it's something I've been wrestling with and I'm still processing through that, mm -hmm. but it's just something I've been thinking through. And yeah, That's the story in reaction to who's my neighbor, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. And this this idea that like, hey. Who is it? Yeah. Who, who, how far out do I have to go where I don't have to care about these people anymore? Yeah, right. Uh, Give me the bare minimum. Right. Who is my neighbor that I have to care about? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, you, all of you listening, you have influence. And if you want your influence, and it, the goal shouldn't be, I want my name to be famous 100 years from now, but it could be, who can I influence today that can influence people tomorrow, who can influence people 10 years after that? Uh, if you want to have that kind of influence, you've got to make a decision to live for something bigger than yourself, right? right? Absolutely. And leverage your life for something bigger than just your life. Uh, something that uh, really helped me a few years back it was uh, Craig Rochelle, who is a leadership guru. Has a I almost awesome put him for leadership icon. I know, I did too. And also fashion icon, because that's pretty much what he's a simplistic <laughs> Yeah, he's person. very simplistic, but his leadership podcast is probably one of the best podcasts out there. And I know it's shaped yeah. a lot of the way it's that short. all three that's of us think. Yeah, it. that is, because 20 it's 20 minutes. We're probably pushing an hour right now. Yeah. <laughs> Don't draw uh, attention to it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but one of the things that he said that has stuck with me over the years, probably the, the most influential thing I've heard from him, was he said, uh, title or uh, position gives you power to control, but trust gives permission to lead. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was really struggling, you know, five, six years ago, like I was really excited to be a pastor and to get my first full-time job at a church. And I was really hung up on, I don't have a title yet, so I can't have influence, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have that name attached to me, so I, there's no way I can really influence people the way that I want. And that's what he's saying. Like, position can give you power to control people, but hey, it doesn't matter if you have the title. Build trust with people, build relationships, and they'll give you permission to lead. Yeah. And I found that to be true, and I kind of adopted that as my philosophy. When I moved here, I didn't have a full-time role at the church, but I decided I'm just going to build relationships with people. Yeah. I'm going to build trust and in time, I was able to have influence over those people. We'll see that uh, sometimes in churches where someone will come up and maybe only be in the church for a couple weeks, and then they tell you they want to start something. 
right? Mm. And they, they want to start this or they want to start that or, hey, I'd love to be a this. And you're like, you don't even know it yet. You know, like <laughs> you, you, ha- you have to have influence before you can have that position. Yeah. And the only way you can do that is through relationships and mm. building trust with people and showing people that you care. Uh, so Jesus obviously did that in his life, and that's why we're still talking about him yeah. 2,000 years later. I just got a couple little uh, interesting things here, and then we'll wrap up. But in France alone, this blew my mind. In Fl- France alone, there are 9,000 cities that have the word saint in it, all of which are talking and dedicating about to people that were followers of Jesus. Uh, and so there is no way to really look up like how many cities are named after uh, Jesus because you got places like Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. or uh, Nazareth, or uh, you know all these different types. And and if you just look up the word saint, though, that's going to give you a lot of times like mm-hmm. oh this is a Christian you know uh, tie-in. I just thought that was crazy. We also mentioned uh, A.D. and uh, B.C. You know, obviously, time is split in half. The calendar, every time you look at the calendar, it is reminding us when Jesus lived and and the impact he had. Uh, B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. And, you know, there's an effort right now to change it to common era. But you can do that all you want. But it's still going to be 2,023 years from the life of Jesus Christ and how he changed everything back then Uh, no one had more influence ever than jesus and it continues to increase and jesus actually predicted that this was going to happen in acts 1 8 when he told them the holy spirit's going to come he says but the holy spirit will come on you and give you power and you will be my witnesses and you will tell people everywhere about me in jerusalem uh, in the rest of judea in samaria and every part of the world. Mm. I've never thought very much about how bold of a statement that was when you're telling 500 people that. You just named uh, some people in Acts where it talked about how this person led 400 people and then that movement died away. And uh, you know we've seen that throughout history, people that have risen and fell. But Jesus is saying it here, everybody is going to know about this good news and about what we just went through with this death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus also predicted that he would give peace and rest to those that follow him. And history is covered in uh, people that are just changed by Jesus Christ and the claim that he has made a difference and made their life better. And it has inspired art and music and just a litany of books and just so much inspiration because people have had this relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and we see that influence that way. It, it doesn't even make sense that we know the name of Jesus Christ today. And this explosive uh, and continued growth of Jesus followers is one of the greatest defenses for the faith, uh, that his claims about being God are true, and that he was who he said he was. Jesus is the most influential person to have ever lived. Uh, so the question today for you is what will you do with him? Atheist C.S. Lewis, I know we both, all of us up here, really have been influenced by and enjoyed his stuff. It's uh, so deep and, and uh, you know, also just profound. Uh, but he studied the life of Christ as a skeptic. Uh, but he came away 
as a believer, much like we've talked about Lee Strobel and John S. Dickerson and uh, uh, C.S. Lewis here. Uh, and he said, as he looked at the life of Christ, he was uh, <clears throat> knew many languages and studied ancient languages and things like that. And he came away with this thought that there was absolute, all evidence pointed toward Jesus being a historical person and that he claimed to be God and that he changed the world. And those things cannot be disputed. He was a historical person who claimed to be God and the world changed because of him. And Lewis came to the conclusion that there were three things that you could say about those things, that either Jesus was the most amazing liar to have ever lived, he was a lunatic that somehow inspired people, or he was God himself. He was Lord. So if Jesus was who he said he was, and he gave you his words, and he, he desires a relationship with you, and gave you the ability to come to him to change your life and to give you rest, then what kind of influence are you allowing him to have in your life today? Is it just a loose influence of being a follower like you're a follower of LeBron James or uh, Ariana Grande on Instagram where you're just, eh, you see it's something every once in a while and it kind, kind of inspires you? Or are you ready to follow him like the early church did where they left everything behind and they followed that's the question that we're uh, given today, Jeff. And I don't believe that anyone that would honestly look at the life of Jesus Christ from ancient texts and ancient scriptures and seeing how we've got to the place that we are today. Hey, look, you cannot like the church. There are a lot of times I don't like the church. Amen. You cannot like Christians. There are a lot of times I don't like Christians, but you cannot look at the life of Jesus and come away with anything. I believe this, but that you can't come away with anything, but that he was God. Yeah. I want to encourage yeah. you to do that. Yeah, the gospel, this news of Jesus and the historical accounts demands that you respond in one way or another. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not. So yeah. there's really like no way to casually be about it either. Right. <laughs> Just be on the fence, you know, like, yeah, I do believe that, but I'm not going to, like, dude, right. if you actually believe that Jesus is who he said he was and that this is true, that should change everything about every day of your life and but every sphere of your life. There are some people that, well, he was one of the ways or he was a good teacher. That is not what he said. Nope. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Yeah. So he's either the one or he disregards all the rest of them. Yep. And in your mind, he might be a bad person, but but there is one way, and it is through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Hey, we love you guys so much, and we're Again. so glad you joined us. Don't forget to comment on the video today. Hey, share this with somebody maybe that has been struggling with being a little bit embarrassed about being a Christian uh, or maybe a little bit ashamed. Call him a lunatic and say, declare him as Lord. <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then call him a weirdo. Yeah. He's going to be so into our <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, make sure you share, uh, like, and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening to Weird Faith Podcast. And, hey, I, again, I want to shout out the, the book, Jesus Skeptic. I very much recommend uh, you – because right now we're getting a lot uh, inundated with a lot of the negative things that Christians have taken a part in. And, and and don't 
deny it. There's documentaries that we've talked about and things that are being exposed about scandal and controversy 100%. If, when those things are true, we are on the same side with you. And Christians fail just like everybody else fails. And there have been times that God's word has been used in, in a wicked way that displeases God. But we can't just have in our moment right now, we've got to take uh, a whole uh, picture of this movement from the beginning of time. And I, and I would definitely recommend you reading uh, the book, Jesus Skeptic, and to be reminded of the changes that the life of Christ has made in this world and the influence that he has had. It's good stuff. Yep. It's been a good day. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, weirdos, for joining us. Phil, you going to sign us off with yeah. your... Don't forget to comment on the video below. We're going to give away a Weird Faith shirt. It's sure. going to look so good on you. You'll become my next fashion icon yeah, that's uh, right. when you have that weird faith shirt on. Hey, this has all been about whether you're going to be a apathetic, comfortable Christian or whether you're going to be a true follower of Jesus Christ because of the influence that Jesus has had in our lives. So let's get weird because normal isn't normal. We love you. <laughs>